You're listening to The Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Nagel. I lead our consultant program here at Genesis. In this podcast, I had the chance to interview Cameron Smith, our VP of WEM Product Management, about design thinking. I recently heard Cam speak on the subject, and I thought it would be a great topic to discuss. Cam really got into details on how companies like Genesis can use the design thinking process to truly understand the day-to-day challenges that agents face and how this listening methodology, when put into action, allows product managers to tweak and modify products to make life a lot better for customers and specifically agents every day. Here's our conversation. All right, Cam, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Before we get into design thinking, tell us about yourself and your role at Genesis. Yeah, nice to be here, Scott. And um, yeah, Cameron Smith, I I run the uh, product management organization for our workforce engagement capabilities uh, on our Genesis Cloud platform. I was going to ask you about your accent in case listeners are curious where are you from. <laughs> yes, Australian, uh, Australian born. Uh, I've uh, worked at Genesis now for coming on 13 years. Uh, about uh, five years ago, I moved over from Australia over to, to North America in the US. And uh, there was a period of time there for about a year and a half where I was working US hours from Australia. So that was uh, getting up at two in the morning and, and, and doing the... Uh, sort of the mid the, the mid US time zone and trying to obviously service the needs of our customers in the US at the same time or trying to do a global job. So it was a it was an interesting time. Um, I'm glad I'm back now working in sort of general nine to five shift instead of a, a two o'clock to sort of 10 a.m. in the morning shift. So. Absolutely. You know, Cam, I recently heard you speak about design thinking and it made me want to do a podcast. Can you tell our listeners what is design thinking? Yeah, design thinking really allows us to listen to our customers and, and more importantly, not just the customers themselves, but the users within our customers. And uh, if you think about all the different roles and responsibilities that are inside a modern contact center or a customer experience center, there's lots of different users with lots of different roles and, and those roles and responsibilities, the targets, the, the cares that they have, the things that concern them, the things that worry them. Uh, and also even down to their measures and metrics and, and what they deem to be a success is different. Design thinking really allows us to get into the weeds of understanding uh, each user and each user outcome and, and focus really in on you know, what are the outcomes that these users are after. And then it really what it does is it allows us to start to think about, okay, the future. Uh, what could be the future for each of these individual users? And, and design thinking really allows us to bring a lot of customer and user thought to the table um, by through looking at diversity in terms of teams. So um, bringing multiple customers together of, of different sizes and complexity and different verticals and, and even in some instances, different countries and different regions, uh, just so that we can bring that level of understanding uh, up. And we do that through listening, basically. Is, is it different than the voice of the customer or is that part of it? Uh, a little bit. We're getting into specifics. So we're typically focusing on uh, a user like an agent in contact center, and then typically drilling down into, you know, what is a job that that user needs to do? So they may need to request a day of leave. That is a job that that user needs to do. And then to be able to perform that task, uh, that user needs to work with either the system or, or other users to be able to do that. 
It's about getting down into that nitty gritty of, of mapping that out and then understanding, you know, what's painful about that. What's right. great about that. What is, what are the things that make you happy? What are the things that make you frustrated or sad as you go through those and, and, Really, design thinking really allows us to understand how the user thinks. More importantly, how the user feels, and that's where experiences, service, and empathy comes into it. Right. Uh, but also, what they say and what they do as they go through that process. Uh, what are the what are the follow up tasks that they may need to do as they complete those steps? Very good. So now, with that in mind, as a product manager, Genesis Cam, how are we putting this into action? Yeah, we've um, we've really opened up the doors to allow uh, customers and, and and especially the users within their customer base to come and help us do that design and discovery work. Let's talk about those problems. Let's listen to all the challenges you have on a day to day basis. Show us what that looks like. Explain to us the the impact that that has on your life and, and your day uh, as you're going through your job as an individual. As we start to collect that information, we're able to actually compare. Uh, the roles and responsibilities of different users in, inside the contact center and then also the impact that that these processes and decisions have on their daily lives that impact is actually very very measurable and, and that impact is very understandable and and that allows us to start thinking about things in different lights and different different perspectives and also come up with um with new inventions to solve maybe traditionally some of the some of the challenges that have always been there for maybe a decade or so or so more excellent so if you were to tell us about the results that we're seeing yeah, I think um, uh, we continue to expand our research and, 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 and discovery teams when we think about uh, meeting up with customers. Uh, my group alone, we're about uh, 14 product managers overall. Uh, we interviewed over 100 different organisations and different users last year, from, from agents to beginning agents, who agents who are only just really starting out their career, to, to seasoned veterans who've been doing contact centre work for 15 years, right. team leaders, workforce planners, uh, quality evaluators and everyone in between. And um, really what that's allowed us to do is actually get a really good good ecosystem of understanding of, of just how a modern contact center works and also where the challenges are. And those challenges effectively, for me, from a product management perspective, that's really what my product managers are there to try and solve. How do we remove those pain points from the system? How do we remove those pain points from the processes? Uh, can we leverage technology, for example, to uh, potentially even automate some of those some of those uh, steps in the process? Uh, remove the effort, remove the remove the problems as they arise. Is it a time-consuming thing? Is it like built into your normal plans for the year to incorporate design thinking? It, like you mentioned, a process. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, it is, uh, it, is, it is part of our sort of standard process. Um, not everything needs to be discovered. Some things are, are fairly obvious. And, uh, but in a lot of areas, uh, that discovery is actually really important. So um, certain things move a little bit quicker than others. Um, you know, the overall, the overall user profile, for example, doesn't really move that often. We, we, just, we understand what an agent is and, and does, and we understand what an agent needs to do every day. But sometimes in certain topics, that's when we really sort of start to dig in. So... Uh, one of the ones that quite recently we've been talking about is just overall employee flexibility. So how do we how do we create an environment where the employees themselves can be flexible in in their shift requests, uh, and then listening to all those problems that come out of that? Uh, there's a there's a shopping list of issues, but some of them actually very easy to solve, and others are a little bit more complex. So it just depends on the topic at hand. Um, I think you know where where it really starts is beginning to you know understanding the users themselves, understanding the world around them. What are the roles that they have to do? What are the jobs they have to do? And and then coming up with some sort of problem statement. So that, that problem statement usually comes from a lot of feedback from customers. 
as we're talking to our customers, they start to list out certain challenges they have every day. And we ask a lot of questions around that. And those interviews typically only last an hour long. Uh, they're fairly quick, uh, but we do them at scale. So it's not just a single user. We, we'll, we'll go and talk to maybe 20 or 30 different users across different organizations. But there's a lot of commonality there. So you find a lot of common problems. And then from there, it's really just about, okay, well, what are the needs statements? So what are you really looking for? And, and we ask a very good question, which is if you could have anything in the world as it relates to this topic, what would it be? And typically that's where the ideas come from. Uh, the ideas come out as people start to embrace and understand and sometimes in, in some instances even realise they may not even realise there's a problem uh, because it's just part of a natural day-to-day flow. Right. Um, those needs come out. Those needs just surface as part of a natural conversation. Uh, we aggregate all of those needs. We, we put them in a big pile and, and we try and find commonality between certain users and certain problem statements that they have. And typically what we do from that point, Scott, is we um, typically bring those same users who have given us original feedback, we try and bring them together. So late last year is a good example of that. We had uh, multiple agents from multiple different centers, some of them small, some of them beer, um, some of them overseas in, in Europe, for example, and some in North America. And we bring all those agents together and, and, and then surface the common problem. And in this instance, it was around them, them taking a leave request and, and also what happens when they're late. And what that allows us to do is allows us to bring everyone together and say, okay, well, how do we solve this problem? Uh, sure. What do you feel? What do you feel we need to do to solve that problem? And that's typically where the crazy solutions come out. But it's also where the typically the simplest solutions come out as well. In some instances, uh, a good example of that is in last year's session that we ran in October, one of the discussion topics was about being late. And, and as an agent, what do you do when you're late? And um, it's really interesting to listen to the agents themselves talk about when they are late. The reasons why they're late traditionally isn't because it's something that they're purposely trying to do. It's just that life's happened. There's yeah. a car accident on the freeway. My daughter's throwing up. Uh, the dog's gone and run down the street. There's, there's lots of reasons why the, an employee will turn up late. And some of them are because of, you know, I just didn't get out of bed in time. Uh, and that happens to obviously, obviously everyone in a work position. But the crux of that was that, you know, basically things happen. And, and when those things happen, I do need to be able to notify my employer that I will be late. And the crux of that from the employee's perspective was that I, I just need a really simple late button. I don't really need too much complexity. Sure. I just need something in my mobile app that tells me that I can be late. And, and that really sort of borne out a very, very simple, simple process that, that allows the agents themselves to mark themselves to mark themselves late but then on the flip side of that the workforce planning team who are managing the capacity and the requirements and the demands from our, from their customers they also didn't want to have to wait three hours to get that information they wanted it to be instantly available so it's really about working with two different types of users to really come up with a common solution and then start to socialize that solution with other users who may may not been involved in the original sort of discovery and uh, to, to sort of say does that work or not uh, does that does that fit your bill does that fit, fit the needs that you have uh, and typically what we do find is by bringing those users together, especially especially a, a broad set of users, the, the diversity in that user group is actually very important. That diversity across different types of working and, and different verticals they work in and even different regions they work in uh, really allows us to come up with a really very common solution that's applicable to a lot of organizations. Uh, once we get that level of understanding, we then we start to head into prototyping and, and starting to build that capability out. So it is it is very much a part of our standard process we apply certain levels of effort depending on the topic at hand yeah. oh that's that's fascinating how open are our customers to to you know talking to us about this is it difficult to get participation or is it surprisingly Not usually uh, surprisingly fairly straightforward i think um a lot of our users and one of the one of the one of the key elements of design thinking is that 
even myself as a product manager, yes, we're aware of the domain very well. We're aware of the product capabilities very well. We're aware of our user needs every day, but we don't use the product every day. Um, you know, I'm not using Genesis Cloud every day to generate schedules. I do build those capabilities and, and my team absolutely do provide those capabilities and those solutions. But as users, we don't use the product every day. Sure. Um, talking to someone who uses Genesis Cloud every day that, that has to click the buttons, that has to walk through the process, listen to, listening to those users and listening to their thoughts on where it should go from there is actually, is actually quite informal, quite interesting actually, because it's, it allows us to understand them. And it allows them allows them to, them to also dictate to us how they uh, use the products, uh, where the shortcomings may be, where the improvements could be made, but also the things that they love. We love when this happens. We 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 think this should we should do more of these things, and that really gives us some great product insight. Uh, we have a lot of happy customers and a lot of users that are they're really willing to give that feedback. And uh, because at the end of the day, Scott, it's it's really about them improving the product that they have to use and. And that, that, that improvement that they see usually, usually creates return customers. So typically what we see is we see a customer come and help us on a particular topic. Uh, they love that. They love that experience because it's obviously I don't get to build software every day. So it's something new for them, but also, you know, the benefits they get out the back of that and us, us actually building that feature then comes back in, uh, I want, I'd like to go again. I'd like to talk about this topic this time. I would like to talk about this topic. And, and typically what we find is we're, continue to start growing that community and uh, as I said here today there's there's probably 40 or 50 different organizations who are willing to, to spend their time in helping us build our product which is wow. great that's great you know you mentioned empathy and experience as a service earlier and I wanted yeah. to ask you how design thinking ties into experience as a service yeah so one of the one of the steps that we go through from a um, user understanding perspective is actually is actually something called an empathy map and uh, anyone who's uh, got access to Google, just uh, design thinking empathy map, and you'll see some really, really good examples there. Uh, highly recommended you click on images to, to see some that are already been built. And that really, that empathy map really allows us to sort of understand the user. Uh, it understands the jobs they do, the feelings they have, both good and bad, uh, the things they love, the things they actually hate. Uh, and, and we do ask questions around that to try and fill that detail in. The biggest question out of all of that is, you know, if you could change anything in the world or on this topic, what would it be? Uh, and typically we get some, some crazy foresight into what the world could be. We've had some crazy automation suggestions. We've had uh, in one of our sessions, one of the agents suggested that we should use um, cryptocurrency or <laughs> yeah. some, some sort of uh, Bitcoin type flavor to sort of monetize and reward some certain capabilities. But those needs and, and those and those ideations, they actually give us some great insight into where our customers and our users really want to take the product in the, in the process. That's great. This has been fascinating. <laughs> I'm really glad we had you on here talking yeah, about no problem. this. I, uh, I guess I want to close. Is there anything we're missing? Is there anything else you want to share? I, you've covered a lot of areas I didn't even think of, but just anything else. Yeah, Genesis uh, does have a sponsor user program. So if you um, jump online, jump on genesis.com and then follow the links through to the sponsor user program. Uh, if you are interested in, in, in spending a lot more time with our product managers and, and UI designers, UX designers, and even, even some of our developers who write the very code in, in certain particulars, feel free to sign up for the sponsor user program. Your details will be registered. You go into a sort of a registry of, of customers who are interested. Uh, we will ask you certain topics about which, which areas of, of contact centers are you interested in. 
uh, what is the role that you have today and all those sorts of elements. And, sure. and as, as conversations come up, we'll, we'll start to reach out and, and see if you're interested in participating in any of these sessions coming up. Uh, we're running sessions most weeks, Scott. So nearly every week there's something to talk about. And um, it's a continual sort of ongoing process that we'll continue to have. So anyone who's listening, who is, who is very much interested, please, please register on the sponsor user program and um, we'll definitely take a name and number and get back to you as quickly as we can. Oh, that's excellent. Thanks so much for joining no problem, us. Scott. For your time. No worries. That's all right. Have a great day. All right. I hope you learned as much as I did from Cam about design thinking. During the podcast, Cam mentioned that customers interested in the Genesis Sponsor User Program can find out more and join the program at the website. I found out the URL is genesis.com forward slash campaign forward slash genesis dash sponsor dash user dash program. If you need any information on anything related to Genesis, don't hesitate to contact us. Our email is consultantrelations at genesis.com or reach out to your Genesis channel manager or account executive. Again, thanks for joining us. And remember, you can follow us at your favorite podcast provider.